Dumb, naked, and broke. Welcome back. I'm your host, Emmanuel Wisdom. Let's get it. Today, we are at that Pixel Parlor, a certified B Corp design studio in Philadelphia committed to making a social, positive, and environmental impact in the world. Emmanuel Wisdom. Today I'm chatting with CEO, founder, and partner at Pixel Parlor, Jen Richie Nicholas. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thanks, Manny. How are you? I'm well. <laughs> how, was, uh, how was the day going? Uh, surprisingly lovely. It's <laughs> really great outside. We have nice weather and it's Friday. That, that was surprising because I was out earlier this morning and it was, it was a little not not warm mm-hmm. <laughs> when i got back out coming here it was it was like 80. i was like Oof. but it was it was a nice day it's beautiful outside i uh was looking forward to chatting with you um gonna keep my notes here for the time being but i've been looking forward to chatting with you all week um i have some uh questions but at the same time we'd love to pick your brains on some things and um we'd love to chat about what you've been up to in the studio as well great um how long has Pixel Parlor been around? We've been around, well, there's many different stories. So my husband started Pixel Parlor as a freelance gig in 2004. Mm. And then um, it pro- became a studio and proper in 2011, 2012, when we moved here after abandoning New York City, Brooklyn. Um, we just got burnt out on Brooklyn. Um, burnt out on New York, because that's what happens to designers. Um, and uh, yeah, we started here as um, thinking we'd move to Philly and just like start normal jobs. And then we ended up, um, he ended up doing a freelance gig, which is enough money mm-hmm. to, to, for me to quit my job. Um, and then a studio was born unintentionally. It was never our intentions, but wow. we ended up with this studio. Wow. Unintentionally? We did not. That was never. I mean, I had I had hoped to, I had aspired to, but I never thought we would have like the right situation or the right set of circumstances to pull it off. Mm. And and then we did. Um, and we started out working from our house, from our apartment at the time. And then we ended up um, getting a studio space and growing and growing. And now we're you know in our third or fourth studio with ten ten employees, ten people. Wow, it's funny because um, earlier we was chatting before. And you was talking about like telling me about like the journey and process of just knowing what you know immediately was in front of you, but not focusing on the rest. Mm-hmm. Similar to what you were saying about Pixel Parlor and how it came about, um, with you know not thinking about it as a studio. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like now, in a sense, Pixel Parlor represents a lot more than a studio oh. um, because. Mainly because I worked here. <laughs> um, not really, but uh, I did work here, by the way. Um, but because I feel like the studio has a like a family approach to it, um, the setting, um, but also like in terms of the impact of the work and um, thinking about the afterlife of the design, mm-hmm. but also being selective with clients that you work with. Um, so that I feel like is more than a design studio because it it factors a lot more mm-hmm. other than just design. Well, thanks. Well, it grew out of um, 
all the jobs, all the things I did before we started the studio, it really started from, and if you're curious, I'll tell you, it all really started from, um, I learned a lot from all the like gr jobs that looked great as resume lines. I had some mm. of the most amazing jobs in New York City that looked like really great on paper, but um, were making me miserable, like working 120 hour weeks and you know, making $2.17 an hour when you did the math was like brutal, really brutal. Um, and I, I thought that that's the, how all designers made it is by like working, working, mm. working super, super hard. Um, and, you know, I, I got some recognition and I got some, um, I got some write-ups, but like ultimately I was miserable, miserable, miserable. And then I eventually got a job at really big corporate design studio and they were really nice and encouraging and warm and incredibly, incredibly, incredibly successful. And I was like, <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm gonna take this with me. Just like, you don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be obnoxious mm. to be a good designer or a successful designer. You don't have to be cruel. You don't have to be indecisive. You don't have to be a bad business person. You can do all, you can, you can be a good business person. You can be a good person. You can be, be a nice person, try to do something with your, powers as a designer um and it was my big experiment to see if we could try to make that happen mm. right i just i was like I, I saw something happening at one of my last jobs in new york city and i i i just felt really inspired by that and i, I wanted to take it take it and see what i could do with it on my own wow um, and of course my husband my partner yeah. he really helped me and supported me through the whole thing um but i, I don't think I, I don't think i could have done it without him for sure but um I really, really stuck my, dug my heels in and like focused on making sure that it was something more than just like people pumping out design. Mm. Um, it's, it's always interesting learning more about like the story because um, I guess societal, we, we talk as a society to just think like from A to B, um, but really is a lot of like roadblocks and stops mm -hmm. along the way. Um, but with Pixel Parlor, before we kind of get more into Pixel Parlor and what you do in the studio, um, I want to chat a little bit more about you and probably go back a few more years. Sure. And, um, was uh, SD Media Group your first job? Oh my gosh. Yeah, you did some resume. <laughs> so yeah, so I went to school in Cincinnati, uh, the University of Cincinnati DAP program. So. Um, Let's even go back before that. Yeah. I started, um, I graduated high school. Mm. Uh, all I wanted to be was a designer. My you, parents, so you've always? Always, you've since always. I was 11. I decided wow. I wanted to be a designer and I wanted to sit in a situation <laughs> like this in a big city. Wow. Um, I was, when I was 11, my parents told me no. My mom was a fashion, went to school for fashion design. My dad was in the photography. But they were like, those are hobbies. Those are mm. not careers. So Jen, you need to go to school for engineering or science or something math related because you're good at engineering science and math and I was like uh, but I don't feel passionate about all those <laughs> things I can get a you know mm. good grades in those things um, so they pushed me into going to Ohio State for environmental science good decision on their part but um, I quickly realized that you know they do the weed out process thing at the first in the first few weeks of school, and they're like, so um, just saying, if you don't want to be, um, if you don't want to work at the landfill, get, get your PhD, work at the landfill, and make twenty four thousand dollars a year for the rest of your life, you might want to co consider a different career. And I was wow. like, I want none of those things. <laughs> <clears throat> I 
<laughs> so I went back, I got into painting and drawing um, school at DAP in Cincinnati, um, and then quickly realized that although I like painting and drawing, I really loved what was happening on the other side of the room, on mm. the other side of the, the hall, which was the, um, which were the design studios. And I, it, I, I just became addicted. I was like, all I wanted to do, I became obsessed. These are my people, I knew it. Um, so, and part of that program was going to work at places like ST, ST, ST Media, Media Group, Group. <laughs> and working on VMSD Magazine mm. and Signs of the Times and all these magazines. Oh, I have so many stories. <laughs> so many stories about things that went on in the basement of that building. Um, <laughs> Um, I'll tell you later, but it was, um, yeah, it was my first job. It was my first job, my first internship. And it was, um, really interesting cause it was my first job. And I remember sitting, um, at my computer when the towers fell on September wow. 11th. Wow. So it was my first job. It was really intense. Mm -hmm. Um, um, but then like that, you know, that job led to all the other jobs led me to New York city, uh, and all the other stuff. But yes, I was, that was my first internship. Overall, good experience. Yeah, they were really sweet. They were mm. really, really lovely people, um, and you know, yeah, they let me do the silly things that they let they let somebody who's like a sophomore in college do. <laughs> they let me do it. Uh, they let me awesome. do it. I think they cringed a little bit, but they mm. still let me do it. That's awesome. Uh, a little bit of creative freedom. Thanks. Totally. But, but I have to tell you, they're parking. I, I had to park next to the rat room, which is where they. I'm not kidding. They had snakes uh, in the basement, oh. <laughs> and they fed the snakes with rats. Oh. And my car had parked next to the rat room, and it was not good for anybody. I can imagine. It was so weird. Oh. Weird things happen in design places of business. Oh. So it was the, the snakes, like a, was it like a mascot for the studio? They or? just collected snakes. Oh. So there was a whole room of snakes adjacent to a whole room of rats. Um, adjacent to a whole room of people. Adjacent to a whole room of people. And they made the interns park outside of the vent where the rat room vented out and made everybody's, my car smell like rat. True uh, stories. Wow. But mo what I took from that story, you mentioned passion. Yeah. You was going like back and forth either with your parent or, you know, major wise. Um, was passion was mm -hmm. what you use as your guide. Um, how important is that to kind of rely on like your self intuition mm -hmm. when it comes to especially like career decision oh, where yeah. like a lot of like young people have zero clue mm -hmm. um, but personally you feel drawn to certain things mm -hmm. um, what would you say like you need to lean into in terms of like when it comes to that decision making you have to listen to your gut so it's the only reason I'm here right now is because I just consistently look at listen to my gut and my intuition um, and just like leaned into my passion. I'm not necessarily the best designer. Like there, you are just like a naturally talented human being who just exudes like creativity at all times. I like, I'm blushing, <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I, I, I am a creative human being, but I see it like, um, I, I like see it in like a different way as like I can help inspire people right. to bring stuff to life in a yeah. little bit more than me necessarily doing it myself. Yeah. I did. Um, I did enjoy how when we worked together, how because like when I created something and I would send it out to you, I, for me as a designer, I'd be like, oh, it's like 90 percent done. And then after our conversation, I'm like, yeah, it's more like 30 percent done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, I enjoy that process because it was more of a like a sharpening process. Yeah. That's how I looked at it. Um, and so I enjoy it like that perspective where like 
it was more of me getting out of my head, but also I, I see you more as a visionary, if that, if that oh. makes sense, um, which is, you know, a, a creative approach as well. Yeah. Um, and just being able to, to say, okay, you, you kind of went super hard at this, but it could be, you know, it could actually reach where it needs to be with, if you added X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. um, which oh. I thought was really cool because a lot of people don't, personally, a lot of people really don't offer me that. Yeah. But I'm still, well, you know, I'm still a, <laughs> a designer, young, coming in the game. And I, I love, you know, like as far as like criticism and, and like creative criticism. Yeah. But so when we work together, I appreciated the fact that um, whenever I send you stuff, it wasn't um, whether it was review or, you know, stuff that the client was going to see. It was like it was always another step that yeah. we, we had to either take some stuff or, or make it a lot more better than what it was. I like to like see, I want to give people the space to come up with what is in them, right? And then I want to give them the tools to either push it further themselves or find a collaborative partner to help them take mm. it to the next level right. or um, just think about things from a different perspective. Like take that you have, obviously you're here for a reason. You have this creativity that I see in you and I know what you're capable of. And I just want to figure out like how to make you comfortable enough to make it come out, like get, get your creativity out, but also make you thoughtful enough to listen right. to what the, the task at hand is and respond to that. Mm. And then, you know, all of us get the creative block, right? But there's so many strategies to get around the creative block and a lot of it is like collaboration taking a walk like right. just like thinking about it from a different perspective and it's never grinding away <laughs> at it it's never grinding and grinding and grinding at something is never going to end up with a good solution it's going to end up with you grinding and feeling burnt <laughs> out it's yeah. really not like there there are much more productive ways of, of doing it yeah um i would say now i have a more like healthier uh, balance as far as in terms of design and and just kind of not trying to be a workaholic. Mm -hmm. um, but like you were saying, find that balance to get outside or go for a walk or listen to music, watch a movie. Um, but going back a little bit mm -hmm. to my time when I was here, I really appreciate the fact that um, with 2020 being the year it was, mm -hmm. that I, I felt I was fortunate enough to be, quote unquote, in-house, but not really, um, <laughs> with Pixel Parlor and how we were able to kind of handle the situation that no one really knew what was happening. Um, and that speaks to some of the things I was saying earlier about uh, Pixar Parlor being more than just like a studio. Um, I thought that was, that whole experience was, it wasn't great, but as far as handling the situation, I felt like uh, you and Andrew did a good job with uh, Pixar Parlor and also uh, Amanda. I won't forget you, Amanda. <laughs> um, and, you know, just kind of staring the team. I remember we had a one time we all hopped on the call and you speaking of creative blocks was what I thought of this. Um, because that was a tough year with, you know, mm -hmm. working and outputting. And, and I remember you were like, whatever you need to do, you know, go and do it. And, if you, you know, whatever hours you feel like you can put into that, um, you know. So I thought that was very um, helpful because I have friends who at their jobs was telling me some other stuff. And I'm like, I don't know about y'all. I've only worked in design and my job is pretty casual. <laughs> so I couldn't offer a lot more. Mm -hmm. But as far as the overall effect of what was happening, I feel like coming out of that experience um, in terms of speaking to like creative balance mm -hmm. and, and all the things, um, I feel like I learned a lot from that situation. Um, so I want to thank you. Um, and, you know, Pixel Parlor as well.
I've learned the, I've learned from the worst. <laughs> I, I basically like learned a lot of things not to do and mm. I tried to do my best to not do them. Yeah. And I also like, I mean, I am a human. I try to, I know what my limits are. I've pushed myself to my limits and far beyond mm. them. Right. And, um, I can see now that I've done that to myself and I don't recommend anybody do that to themselves. I can mm. see where other people are starting to push themselves to their limits and yeah. when they need to take a step back and recalibrate or take a day off yeah. or just like go on a walk or eat lunch or meditate or just <laughs> go on a run or anything. Right. Just like take that time for yourself because, um, if you don't take it for yourself, nobody's going to mm. give it to you. And well, maybe I might, but, um, <laughs> but also it's like, that's yeah. that fine line of like knowing what your limits are, um, not taking advantage of, of the right. situation. But, um, we really like, I, I actually care. You might not, people might not think I actually care, but I really do care. Um, I invite people into this because I see their potential and their talent. And also I think they might be lovely to work with. Um, and I just want to see what we can magically make together. I think there's like so much good, interesting chemistry. And if we're just given the right people to collaborate mm. with and to be around and that we trust, like, I think we can make really, really cool things. Mm. It's really hard for me. It's really hard. Cause I hire people like you and I'm like, you are not going to stay forever. You are so, I mean, do your I, own I, thing. I mean, I'm here forever. <laughs> Yeah. You'll be you'll be my friend forever. Be my friend forever, but you won't stay at the studio forever because I know you're gonna like want to go off and do your thing and and whatnot. And I know that happens with a lot mm. of the studio, the people I bring into the studio. But um, I also think like there's magic and things that we can learn from each other. And and like I'm always gonna be if I need hand lettering, if I need a mural, if I need whatever, I'm gonna be like Manny, you're coming and can you do this with me? Like I'm always gonna pull you into that stuff. Um, and and it's because we're friends, right? Yeah. And that's like the other thing is like. Yes, I'm your boss, or I was your boss. But like, if you're good to me, I'll be good to you, and just be my friend, and we'll come up and find other cool things to work with in yeah, the future. Even, yeah, and even like during my time here, it was a lot of. I want to say even with the serious project we did, there was a lot um, like childlike approach to a lot of the projects we did. Mm -hmm. um, even with the the ball arts or yeah. the the mural we yeah. submitted the design, it just like the approach of, you know, the concept and all of that, that I enjoyed because again, the end product is going to be, if it's coming from pixel parlor, it'd be good. But you know, the, the concept and how people are going to react to it, it's as a designer, it means a lot. So, um, that approach of, um, finding that balance mm -hmm. is, uh, very important, but I think that's something you do, you do really well. Thanks. <laughs> I just want to have fun. That's all I want to do is have fun. I want to do like things, make things that I'm proud of, that I'm excited about, that I, um, mm. that give me a sense of joy and hopefully give other people a sense of joy. Like there's, especially right now, like everybody's, yeah. it's real hard. Like, right. It's not <laughs> easy. Like, especially it's, it's better than it was a year ago, but it's still not. Yeah. Perfect. No, not at all. But yeah, I feel like we're working towards some sort of normalcy <laughs> again. And any kind of like, and when I start feeling like I'm getting the pressure, the external pressure of the awfulness that's coming mm. in on me, it makes me push back and try to do something better and happier and bring joy to myself and to the people around me. Um, I, I have to push back on that awfulness. Um, right. And in the design that I do and the people I work with um, and how I spend my time and, and all that stuff is like, and when I volunteer, like if you, if when you feel powerless, like do something good. And that mm. can be creatively good, 
just positive to just just I mean even like collaborating with your friends is like makes you feel so good because yes. you're like I am amazing <laughs> my friends are amazing that was one of the things I took advantage of um during the quarantine was collaborating with artists mm -hmm. because we were all you know outside of work we had the free time and and that was nice because um lettering I was you know being able, able to tap into other people's audience but see them react to the work and vice versa as mm -hmm. well um, so collaborating is always fun to even just push yourself as well as and, a, as a creative. And we're taught in school to not be collaborative. We're taught to be mm. competitive and not collaborative. And that is our biggest, that is the biggest mistake is that designers are like, this is all about me and my style and who I am and what I bring to the world. That's one tiny Man. portion of it. The rest of it is like how you work with others and what you can create collectively. Yep. Because there are so few projects that ever are you from beginning to end. Although like the things that you work on, the Scream Emanuel Wisdom, <laughs> um, they like, you work with other people to get those yeah, done. You absolutely. can't do it yourself. If you do it yourself, if you all do it all yourself, you're gonna be a really miserable and not productive person. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, most of the stuff I do it, for me, it has to represent me because yep. it's, it's the, to an extent they're personal. But even with like commercial or freelance work, um, with commercial work, it's like I'm at times not even like a percent mm -hmm. of the project. Right. Because there's the illustrator, there's the photographer, there's you know someone else, and I'm providing the the text mm -hmm. that lock up to go sit on someone illustration or so I'm like I have a time frame and I and I understand that I'm just you know a puzzle mm -hmm. piece in the, in the whole thing. Um, but I feel like also thinking about that on a personal level, that helps invite um, good criticism or be able to accept mm -hmm. good criticism. Um, but I wanna kinda take a, take a step back sure. and, um, and kinda return back to you as we were talking about earlier. Um, dumb, naked, and broke, welcome back. Uh, you've been told that you couldn't be a designer, an activist, an entrepreneur, a female business owner, et cetera, et cetera. You said, a thousand times more than anyone has ever encouraged me to pursue my path in life. Mm -hmm. I had to learn to listen to my gut with relentless pursuit. I wanna talk about that in a minute, but um, you since held positions as a graphic designer, a graphic design manager, creative director, and now CEO and partner at Pixel Parlor. Um, I'm sure there were a lot of discouragement along the way leading up to Pixel Parlor. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the, some of those discouragements and the gender bias um, that you faced early in the career um, and probably still, still now. Okay, gender bias is a big thing. Um, it's really, I really wish it wasn't a thing, mm. um, but it is. Um, I spend a lot of time trying to make sure that I'm the most educated, prepared person in the room at all times so that I can be bulletproof um, to prevent people from just trying to destroy me, like tear me down. So like I, 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 as a CEO, like I sit on a board, I have HR consultants, I have business consultants, I have, I have consultants for my consultant. Like I, it just goes on and on and on because the expectation is that I, I've been told many times, why are you in this room? I wanna to talk to your, your partner, the mm. CEO, wow. as in my husband. I've been asked to leave meetings because wow. I wasn't 
who they thought the CEO was. Wow. I have had, I, I have everything, I, I mean, everything imaginable. Like I've had people shake their fists at me in anger. They would never do that to my business right. partner who's a, a man. So I get, I mean, I've been cu cussed out. I've been everything you can imagine from clients to employees to everything in between. I, I've seen it. And, um, and maybe it's not because I'm a f person or female, but it might be because it's me, but I really can't help but see that the repetitiveness, the repeated sort of the microaggressions and some of them are not right. very micro <laughs> that happened to me that I don't see happening to other people. Um, so as a CEO now, I really have to invest in myself to make sure that I am as bulletproof as possible so that I don't get picked apart. I mean, I'm an extraordinarily resilient person. I grew up in, with not much. Um, it, grew, it got better over the years, but I mean, I grew up in a not so great situation, and I've just I relentlessly pursued getting my getting out of that and exploring and finding a better life for myself. And I think I just have to continue to do that in everything mm -hmm. I do. Continue to just like it is that following your gut, following your right. intuition. Right. Um, I have I have a very strong vision for myself. I have always had a very strong vision for myself, for my my life, for my business, for my children, for every. I have just like this really. I I have a I just see what I want, what I know mm. is possible, and I just get up every morning and work a little bit closer to it every single day. And uh, people definitely try to put roadblocks in front of me, and it's happened so many times and. Um, it's really great to sometimes have a bad memory. <laughs> I don't have a, I don't really have a bad memory, but I just like, I can, <clears throat> I've really gotten, gotten really good at, uh, editing out the nasties and mm. getting the, the people who are not right. helping me. If they're not, if they're not, if they don't add, they subtract. Right. Yeah. And that whole idea is like, if you can't make my life better, if we can't collectively make our lives better together, then we're not meant to be part of the same ecosystem. Right. Yeah. So, um, just, it's, I've had to be relentless. I've had, or if, if I was, I, I literally, I most likely wouldn't be alive right now if I wasn't just like mm. absolutely relentless and just not willing to take whatever other people's vision for me seriously. Yeah. No, I can relate to that for sure. Dumb, naked, and broke. Welcome back. Um, we were talking a little about uh, like gender biases in um, the design industry. And I, ch I was chatting with Rose a little bit and I made a joke that, you know, it's like design is not like a gang related thing. There's no <laughs> need for hate and all of that. Right. But I also like, I cannot like relate to like the story you were saying uh, about, you know, being a female in the design industry. But what I can relate to is uh, being someone of African descent. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a student, um, Coming into like, that, you know, graphic design, they didn't really know. My understanding of graphic design was um, logos, flyers, right. brochures, sometimes business cards. <laughs> um, that was it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had my fresh experience at Cloud Gushin, and that opened my eyes to what uh, graphic design could be and the different um, avenues or uh, industries I could plug myself into. And curiosity wise, that made me wanted to, you know, explore and work with a lot of other people. Um, but the first thing I was confronted with was the fact that I didn't see a lot of representation um, as far as people that look like me in, mm -hmm. in the studio. And so for a while, there was some sort of like curating with the work 
to quote unquote what I thought would be acceptable. Um, so I can relate to that. But personally, I would say I've never been in an environment that I felt to, you know, even think about me being someone of African descent. But I feel like societally, that's like a thing yeah. that a lot of people have to either think about, get over. Um, but I worked, I was, after college, I worked with, uh, it was like a freelance gig. I worked with uh, Kelly Mayella Architects. I was doing that design yeah. implementation. And uh, one of the owners then, Emmanuel Kelly, he was an uh, older gentleman, probably in his mid-70s, which was kind of crazy because his name was also Manny. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like looking at my future. <laughs> but he was cool. He, kinda, he came in with a, a, like a, a stick and he had a cigar in his hand. I was like, dude, are you supposed to be smoking in here? He's like, <laughs> he's like I own, I own. Okay. That's, that's what he told me. Sure. He's like, I, I, own, I own, I'm the owner. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But um, we had a relationship and he was telling me about that I had to get comfortable with uh, being a black graphic designer. And for a moment I think about it because uh, I always try to create, even like as far as the, like, well, I never do like the race thing until it matters. Mm -hmm. Then I let people know where I'm at. Yep. But as far as me as a person, like I'm not like, claiming like a specific flag or mm -hmm. you know things like that i know who i am but as far as me i don't like i don't know how other black people feel you know i know how i feel mm -hmm. about a situation so when people do like you have to you know fit a certain box or something it kind of takes a lot out of me personally yeah. oh, yeah, as absolutely. far as my personality yep. um probably maybe one to two percent would be reflected in the work or whatever else i do so I say all that to say I can't imagine, on the other hand, um, you know, how, what it's like. Because um, it's not just, you know, you're not the only one. There's many other people, many other uh, females who are probably a lot more talented, a lot more talented and a lot more um, males, um, owners or designers mm -hmm. that are out there. Um, but I feel like conversations is, people say, is a starting point. Mm -hmm. um, I'm someone who believes in action. So when you were talking earlier about kind of just relentlessly pursuing things, um, it was very similar to how I, you know, approach my goals and, and things like that. Um, realizing that, you know, no one is going to, you know, kind of wake you up in the morning mm -hmm. to, you know, either if you want to go jogging or whatever you need to do to prep yourself for the day. It's all up to you. You have to self-motivate. And, and, but most importantly, um, listening to your intuition and, and going all out on your um, your passion and pursuing mm -hmm. those. But well, you and I have been given like this even greater responsibility, you as a black male designer mm -hmm. and me as a female designer, mm -hmm. like we have to go out and we have to sync to bring people in. We have right. to like, we have to show what it is to be the people that, the, the, the person, the, the who we are and what we exhibit right. to the world, we have to make sure that we're representative and we invite folks in, right? Like for you and I both, it like goes back to elementary school. Mm -hmm. Like when kids are like figuring out what they want to do in elementary school, we have to say, hey, kid that looks like me or kid that doesn't look mm -hmm. like me, this is like a legit thing that we can do. Right. And how do we bring you in? How do you, because it's a design, it has an industry-wide racism mm. issue. 
it's, it, is, it goes back. And people are now, like the Equity Council and some other folks within the design industry are like making it an agenda item and, and giving it, um, and, and giving it prominence and like really addressing it head on. But until 2021, design has been mm -hmm. a long, around for a long time. Yes. Like it's not really, no, everybody's been like, oh, just just the way it is. Yeah. But we have to like actively invite people in and make sure that they feel welcome. Mm. Even though they might not be visually represented in the space right now, we have to make sure that we are doing everything we can to make sure that that doesn't continue for the next generation. Yeah, exactly. And on, on the other side of that, I feel like people need to put themselves in situations mm -hmm. as well um, yes. and not just kind of think what other people would think of you, but actually yeah. apply yourself exactly. and see what the end result is for yourself. Yes. I think, I think like what I've heard and I, I, as a B Corp, like I have committed to, as a B Corp design studio, have committed to hiring as many diverse people as I mm. can. It's very challenging to do because it doesn't start at elementary school. Like right. there's like an elitism to design, like design feels like a an, an luxury and not a practicality or not an important communication tool. It's like presented because like Kanye is all of a sudden like in a, a <laughs> designer, which he does not design anything, but um, because it, it just is like this elitist. So you yeah. like, you see like, Anybody first the appearance that anybody can be a designer is complete hogwash and then on top of it like um, it, it is it's it's a trade um, and it's just it's never really it, it just never has been um, Taught appropriately to be able to be inclusive. It's been taught as a luxury and it is just mm. not anymore design right. is not a luxury It never has been but it, it, it I think like there's a, there's an exclusivity that I think people really enjoyed that ex exclusivity and like some of us benefited from that exclusivity, but we need to break down the walls on that because it's yeah. not healthy and it's not it's not serving <laughs> anybody any good. No, not not at all. Well, some people, but mm -hmm. the, for the majority, no. And and what you were saying with you ha hiring, you know, people from different backgrounds. Um, Coming up and being a young person, by the time you go through like the filtering system mm -hmm. of, you know, do I want to do this? Is this a place for me? Is people like me in this industry? By the time you get to say a studio like Pixel Parlor, you probably already gave up and mm -hmm. chose something else. Yeah. So, in turn, it makes it a lot harder for you to, yeah. you know, fulfill things that you set out to fulfill as yeah. far as having a balanced studio. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about what you think is the most important quality a young female designer needs to have. Oh. Um, have a strong gut sense. Just have like, I mean, and this is regardless of your male or female, mm. have a good personality and the ability to get over your own, get over yourself, like get over your ego, get over yourself. Mm. Like come with your creativity, but come with an open mind and the ability to collaborate. It is not the you show. Um, it is not the Jen show. It is not the Manny show. Um, it is not the anybody else show. I think like just come in with, you know, bring your talents, bring yeah. your skill set, bring your, bring your good attitude, bring your fun, bring right. your personality. Um, and just like know that you know, if you're in the right place, you'll be appreciated for that. Um, I think just, just having a good sense of self and also being mm -hmm. self-reflexive. I think anybody and everybody can be, 
um, successful as a designer if you, you show up with your A game, with your skills and like all the cool things right. that you can do. But then you know how to like work with other people. I think like working with other people and collaborating is really important. I think as a woman, um, you, oh my gosh, the things I've heard, <laughs> your voice is too squeaky on phone calls. You do, you have upspeak. Well, girls can't say drop the f bomb on a client call, like all these things. And really? It's like, oh yeah, constantly. I'm like, oh well. Nah, that's not. A I just did thing. that five times, so. I, whoops. I mean, I mean, if you're trying to say don't cuss on the call, that makes sense. <laughs> but then there's me, who's just like. But sometimes the f bomb is exactly what you need to say at that moment. As an expression. As an expression, um, it's not to per yeah. purgatory. It's not purgative. Yeah. It's not pejorative. It's it's not to like be mean to people. It's just like. <laughs> This fucking sucks. <laughs> and then right? you let it, I was gone, and yeah. you, you move on. And then they're like, you're right, it did fucking yeah. suck. Because <clears throat> it's like you were saying, um, some of the things that people aren't like privy to is like um, when you, by the time you make it in here, you've kind of prepped yourself mm -hmm. to be able to work. Yeah. And people don't understand that. Like you were talking about, you know, letting go of ego and, and all of that stuff. It's, it's all very important mm -hmm. to like, to... Um, have a more like, uh, I guess, fruitful collaboration mm -hmm. or a fruitful collaborative space. Because if you could work out your stuff, then yes. the better version of you is showing <laughs> up and the people you're with yeah. better appreciate the fact that, um, well, the uniqueness you're bringing to the table, but the fact that the energy is right and the creativity mm -hmm. um, is better off for it. And, and, and women do not need to be mousy and quiet and sweet and polite they can have, you know, a sense of humor, be ridiculous, occasionally drop the F-bomb, like have the full range of human emotions. Like you can be a real functional human being. You don't have to like sell yourself short yeah. of like who you are. Like I like people because of who they are. Right. And I think women are told that they have to fit into this cute little box that's like tiny and mm. cute and smells good and like, never you know steps at a line and never stands up for themselves and that's i think total garbage yeah i, th I always thought it was like a weird dynamic because um if you look at like male female mm -hmm. um i guess just who they are as far as gender women are more emotional mm -hmm. but when you step outside of you know like whoever you are they're like oh you got to bottle it up which i feel like is weird because mm -hmm. then um, dudes, we're able to be ourselves, whether privately, publicly, whatever, just, you know, you're just a guy. Mm -hmm. um, we don't tend to express a lot emotionally. So when you take whoever, you know, someone who's a female and is used to, you know, expressing themselves and you put them in a work set setting or whatever setting, and there are certain things they can't do, I feel like as far as, like we were talking about them being that, um, the better version of themselves mm -hmm. or even um, doing the work that they need to do, um, that kind of hurt because of, you know, they're not feeling like themselves or yeah. feeling comfortable in the space to really explore mm -hmm. uh, self yeah. in a sense. You have to really, I think to become a really good designer, you have to really have a good sense of self and you have to have a really good, I think a really good sense of humor. And I think you have to, whether you're male or female you, or anything in between, you just have to, mm. you're, you're, you have to be able to, understand your emotions, understand your boundaries, understand um, how to communicate. Not, and if you're ever being like wedged into a, a situation, I don't care what job you're in, 
but design especially. If you're if somebody's trying to turn you into something you're not, <laughs> it's never gonna work. No. It's never gonna work. You're just gonna like rebel and you're gonna hate it. It's gonna be miserable and everybody's gonna be unhappy in the end. So like making sure that you have like you know, your basic needs are met and then you have the ability to be yourself. Like those things are where creativity really happens and where mm. it's really interesting. Like if you're not like, obviously like you're going to have external pressures. People are going to push on you to ask you to do it a little bit this way or a little bit mm. that way or quicker or whatever. But like, um, you know, they're not, it, it, you just have to be able to be invited into a space that you can bring who you are and bring your perspective and um, be celebrated for that right. um, and, and not have to like fit, fit a very specific prescriptive mold. I think that's just not very much fun and it's not very interesting, but also makes for really unhappy people. Yeah. And we, we were talking, we talked about, you know, in terms of a young female or just any female quality wise, but on the other side of that, what would you say a male designer or someone? Mm -hmm in that setting needs to work on as far as quality, but also in terms of treating fairly. Mm -hmm. um, what, what are some things you would say you've noticed and you, you feel like uh, guys should work on? <laughs> <laughs> this does not apply to you, by the way. Um, I think like- L Listen up, bros. Yeah, I think- I, like, I'm, I'm exempt. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you just, you, well, we, we met in a very unique way and you and I like got started off on a different foot. So we can talk about that later. But um, I think, um, I think, yeah, I think young women come into the studio like mm. very, very like, oh, tell me what I can do. Can I help? Whatever. And guys are like, I'm I'm the best. <laughs> I can't write an email, but I am like the best. I don't know how to call people on the phone, but I'm the best. And um, it's really just like not helpful. <laughs> it's just really not helpful. And like, I mean, and some of them really are extraordinarily talented people. But like, if you can't, if we can't like communicate past like I'm the best and. Right forget you people who don't know anything because I'm the best. If we can't get past that, then we're not getting anywhere. Like nobody's getting anywhere. And it's just, it's, it's just, it's toxic. It ends up mm. being toxic. And that goes for women too. I was one of those 25 year old assholes myself. I learned my <laughs> lesson, but like, um, I think it's really hard. Like when young designers come into a space male or female or otherwise, um, having a chip on your shoulder that you're the best mm. but like when you're like 23 24 25 like like you gotta just like figure out how to work with people and right. what working is right. and like work what you did in college is not no what you do not, here no totally different things and and um you might be the best at something but <laughs> you as one individual do not encompass the best right. of everything and right. and please just learn how to write an email mm. not you <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even with my writing, that's that's like something I I, I recognize and had to work on. But that's something you and I have chatted about. Mm -hmm. um, I've reached out to you like multiple <laughs> times in Slack. <laughs> that's um, for me, and that's something I I do well. It's like I, I don't shy away from asking questions. You do not. And it, it doesn't matter what the mm -hmm. subject matter is. Is if if I if I have a need to learn or curiosity, I'm going to ask because the you know is there the opportunity yeah. is there the people is there and i feel like most people shy away from free knowledge yes. Yes. like exactly like free knowledge they shy away they would rather pay for 
Yeah. You know? Well, and I think people think that they have all the knowledge mm. when they don't realize like there's all this free knowledge right. laid out in front of you. If you exactly. just know to ask for it or to like stand closer to it and like see what's happening going on and absorb it. I think people are just like, <laughs> and then they like they don't they miss out on a big chunk of cool stuff that's going on um, that they would would have easily been able to access if they weren't already the best in their own head. Right, and that was you know some of what I was speaking to earlier when I was saying when we work together and I'm sending you stuff was it was like you know I'm like okay this is this is good this is you know and then chopping it down <laughs> to reality. <laughs> you always nice. handle it really well. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've been like exposed to criticism. Like Rose and I went to Charter High School for Architecture and Design on Seventh and Sanson, mm -hmm. closed in 2020, I believe. But um, criticism, as far as critiques, started mm -hmm. there from ninth grade um, with our drawings and whether it's like model drawing or observation or architecture, um, like blueprints and stuff. You you had to like you know show it to the teacher. Yeah. Or in some cases, uh, present to the class and. You know, people pick it apart or we say it's good, but I feel like as an individual, you had to um, understand what is at the meat of what yeah. people are saying. You, yep. can't, you can't have an emotional attachment to mm -hmm. it. It's, um, hard. it's hard. Yeah, that's very hard. But for me, that was something I had to submit to early mm -hmm. on. And when I went to college, I invited it. I would be, I was the one person um, doing critiques where I, I kind of got mad when students didn't have anything to say. Um, because that's the point of the class mm -hmm. is, you know, everyone has different perspectives and things. But um, it was like, oh, the work is good. Then I'm like, okay, it's supposed to have a function. You yeah. know, that's the most important thing. Let's talk about that. But only, like, teachers and, and other friends who were, like, close to me would give me real feedback. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's really awkward when you, like, present your stuff and then it's crickets. They're like, oh, it's great. Everything's great. And you're like, something really bad yeah. is going to happen. <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, okay, we're going to hang up this call. And like two hours later, I'm going to get like an email that's like, okay, and this was wrong, this was wrong. But like, um, so yeah, there's very, it's very unnerving. I feel like that's just part of the conversation and how you build something is yeah. like the, the critique cycle and, and, and isn't always good. It's like anything. Like when you, when you go through the critique cycle or any kind of like um, process of building something you have to you listen to everything and then you you digest it and you pick out the key things that you think are really really salient like really important and you integrate those things and that's what will keep me things right. moving forward instead exactly. of like if you listen to all of the things and you give everything equal like priority then it turns into mud right. um, but if you like know how to sort of like, oh, yeah, they're right. That does kind of suck. Oh, if I just changed that color or moved that over, that would be so much better. Oh, yeah, I, I spelled that wrong or whatever. Like those little things and you just like realize and you absorb that. And then also like not, not making that same mistake again time after time. Like that is how you grow and that's how right. the design improves and that's how you just get... You get a richer product, which is, mm. I think, hard for Absolutely. some people to realize is that the whole goal is to get a richer end product. Yeah. And not to just water it down to nothing. Like, <laughs> it's like, yes, sometimes it does like turn into a ball of mud and, and there's nothing great about it. But, um, but I think most of the time you end up with something that's, if yeah. you know what key things to listen to, mm. not listen to everything. You don't have to listen to everything, but listening to the right things and listening to and keeping an open mind and, right. and, and hearing it and saying, I don't need to actually like be this person's hand 
But what I can do is listen to what they said and modify things just a little bit to make it better, yeah. to achieve those goals. Yeah, um, it's kind of like, uh, I remember like, like post Pixel Parlor, like some of, one of the things I reflected on is um, just me as a person, my process is, if I have an idea, I get it done. And it was like sketch, it, sometimes like the sketches ended mm -hmm. up looking good, which um, afterwards, like I think after the first um, logo brand identity we worked on together, I was like, wow, there's a lot of time I could just cut off of these sketches. And, and you know, so I started to trim yeah. off of my process um, a lot more. And But what I started to explore was um, not diving fully into like a concept, to, yes. you know, concept sketching and building was like, okay, I could get it to a certain point. And then I'm like, okay, let it, let it breathe, let it yes. live. I'm gonna explore another option. So um, at the end of a set session, whether it's an hour or two, I have a lot more concepts mm -hmm. to look at and say, okay, this, this is working. This is, you know, the strongest this is the weakest and yep. kind of pull from them. But I was listening to uh, a music producer talk about the process of putting an album together. Mm -hmm. And what he talked about was, um, so basically an artist will record if they're like a high caliber artist um, and really pay attention to that craft and all of that, we record about 200 songs. And the album ends up being cut down to anywhere between 15 to 20 songs. Mm -hmm. And that, that blew my mind because mm -hmm. I was like, that's crazy. I won an album with 200 songs. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of quality, like we were saying, it wouldn't be the same. Yep. And just being able to have that much options to go through and, and you know slice and and that, that was like obviously you know not all the producers go that length some other people 70 100 mm -hmm. whatever but at the end of the day it still comes down to like 12 or 15 on an album which is a lot more like we we're talking about design if that was like concepts that's yeah. like like crazy I mean first of all you wouldn't do about 200 but in terms of th giving yourself that option yeah to say okay I know for a fact that regardless of how I feel, I'm going to leave this session with something. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that is something I had to re, kind of relearn, but like retweak a little bit yeah. and still working at it, but it has served me well so the far. Other cool thing is to go back to that stuff, like get that, get that project done, mm. make it go away. You've got this perfect 15 things right. that you made, but you can go back to all that sketch work at a later time, like five years later and look at it and be like, <laughs> oh, and you can like bring something back to life or use it as inspiration for something moving forward because like it might not have been right at that moment or at that time right. but like at some later point of time you can like there is there might mm. be something there that you just like overlooked or times have changed and the aesthetic has changed right and you're, you'd like find a little hidden gem in that yeah former trash can yeah. that's it's, it's funny how creativity works but i feel like a lot of it has to do with um self-awareness mm -hmm. and just um, not like being particular but being open to yes. um, changes um, which again learning and, and trying to push a lot more when I was in college I didn't do sketches uh, it was it was weird because I show up critique on my final work <laughs> everyone's like whoa how did it get here I'm like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it just happened I'm magic <laughs> so like you know but going through that even when um you were, you were talking a little bit about our when we met mm -hmm. uh, our initial meeting. Um, <laughs> it was it was crazy, but 
Um, what I got out of it um, was, again, was, uh, I, I was a much sharper person. Um, I remember I went back to college. Because what I got from it, our particular meeting, was I think I only brought in a physical portfolio. I don't think you brought yeah. anything in. Wow. I think you yeah. just pulled up your website on Andrew's computer. Stop the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was like, mm, I don't think we have anything to talk about here. Yeah, why are you shaking your head back there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you showed up without a portfolio. And I like pulled up your website. And I'd already looked yeah. at your website. And I was like, mm -hmm. this dude's work is good. That was sophomore year. Mm -hmm. um, so again, the brain of a sophomore, college kid. <laughs> but that, that taught me so much more. Um, it's funny that you remembered it that way. I remember it. I had a print portfolio. Mm -mm. So. Mm -mm. You had <laughs> seen me worse. Yeah, you had nothing. And I was like, because if you had a print portfolio, that would have been perfect. I would never have sent you pack in. But I think, yeah. I, I think Ooh. so. How how I recall my first meeting of of Manny was uh, he's, he he you sent me your portfolio, your online portfolio. I looked mm. through it. I was like, your work is good. Come in. Let's talk. And then it was an old studio across the hall. And then you came in, and you didn't have a print of your resume, and you didn't have a physical portfolio. And I was like, hey, what are we talking about? And you're like, I don't know. You didn't even have your laptop. And I was like, OK, I'm just going to. So I think I sat behind Andrea's computer and pulled your, re your portfolio, your website portfolio mm. up. Yeah, I probably had a flash drive on me or something. Maybe. Because I moved with those. I remember <laughs> those times. But All I know is I think I made you leave. Or some version of something. What no, we, 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 we went through the portfolio. Oh, we did, and, okay. Yeah, and then I left, and, you know, naturally at the end. But, yeah, we went through the portfolio and all of that. But I have to, uh, my word to the wise, never show up to an interview without a mm. resume or a portfolio, at least loaded on your computer. Because yep. it will get awkward real fast. Yeah, show up with something, please. It'll get awkward <laughs> real fast. This is the end of part one of this episode. Make sure to check out part two, where Jen shares insights on what she looks for in a designer's portfolio, Pixel Parlor WBE certification, and we discuss a lot more.